Under NASA's Artemis program, Dynetics and Lidos will develop and build a new human landing system, advancing economic opportunities and paving the way for a sustained lunar economy. Learn more at DyneticsHLS.com. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl and afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Feels good, baby. I will be back here. I will be back here. I will be back in Welcome to the 4th & Go Podcast. We are back. Another edition of the pod. It is week 13. I don't even know what week it is anymore because the Niners have been so frustrating. But it's week 14. Uh, The Niners are going to take on the Washington football team. We are not going to say the R word. Matt, we do not say the R word. I know. It's going to be tough tough because, you know, as everybody knows, my wife is a Washington football team fan. And we have just gone in full Christmas decoration mode in the house. And she has nothing that says Washington football team on it. She has all this stuff that says Washington former team name on it. So it's all over the house right now. And it's, it's so hard to just see it all over the place and not say it. So I'm trying really, I'm just trying really, really hard not to say it. But, you know, as, as well, as always, we have a guest here that knows a, a whole bunch more about this team than we do. So we're bringing in our guy, George Templeton, Templeton, the rat co-host of the against the spread podcast, PFN's resident betting podcast. George, how you doing, brother? I'm doing great to be on this podcast, but I have to say, given some of the guests you've had, and I've been, you know, it's been wonderful to listen all throughout preseason and, and, and the regular season as you joined up with PFN, one of the best editions we've made, uh, certainly since I've been here. Um, you really are scraping the bottom of the barrel compared to some of the people you've had. So you've had possible Hall of Famers, future Hall of Famers. All these great guests you've had, to, to, you know, the, the co-founder of Bill's Mafia, for God's sakes. Now you got the loon bag from the gambling podcast on. My goodness. Well, George, you know, we've said it before. We, we, we've looked forward to this one because we appreciate your work on the Against the yes. Spreads pod. Absolutely. Um, so we, we definitely appreciate you joining us today. Before we get started, Matt, you did, you did do some Christmas decorating. And George, you, I don't know if you started your Christmas decorating. How do we feel about lights? Is it white lights or cuddle lights? What's the rule here? I'm team white. Uh, either, either for me because I, I don't, de- I don't decorate at Christmas because I know the cat is going to cause mayhem, and <laughs> and I'm, I'm not a total Scrooge, but I'm a, I'm a little bit of a Scrooge. Like I'm a big, I'm a big, I'm a big bit of a Scrooge, but my wife is, you know, I'm not in charge of my own life. Everybody knows this, so my wife puts up colored lights, 
everywhere. So this is divided the fourth and gold podcast in half. This is just white lights. And and Kelly Kapowski, like we're split on this. So well, we're, colored yeah. lights. I think colored lights on the tree for sure. Okay. I always love colored lights on the tree. I do it depends because I mean around here, and I don't know if it'll be the case this year, lots of people decorate. Uh, do it up with the Christmas lights around here in Florida. Cause again, we don't really have Christmas the way everybody else does. Cause usually it's 75 degrees and whatever. <laughs> it's 82 uh, here today, I, Texas. I've seen, I've seen, you know, I've seen beautiful displays both ways. I think I lean towards white lights outside, but I love colored lights on the tree. That works. Okay. So, so the, the group remains completely divided, completely divided. That's okay. Kelly Kapowski or Topanga Lawrence, George. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird because it's like I watched some Boy Meets World, but not all the time. But I would watch it plenty. Oh gosh, and I certainly watched Saved by the Bell more than I care to admit. Although not after about three seasons. Oh, it's got to be just Topanga. It's got to yes. be. Just <laughs> it's close. Perfect. It's got. See, so now I'm so happy. Javi froze up during this little spiel he was about to go on. This is fantastic. I love it so much. <laughs> Because he was going to go on this whole thing. He's going to tear me apart about Kelly Kapowski and about Topanga. And he can't because he's all frozen now. And I don't know if we're going to get him back. And the look on his face, because you can just tell he's got his hand raised. He's ready to go in. Oh, man. I'm so <laughs> This is so We're two and a half minutes in this podcast and it's completely, completely off the rails. Oh, uh, it's all right. All right, so let's, let's let's just keep cooking, and then when Javier gets back in, we'll we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll let him back in. Uh, George, so the Washington football team stands at five and seven, correct? Yes, that is that is correct. Amazingly, after three consecutive wins, how about that? Yeah, three consecutive wins, they've managed to pull it off. Ron Rivera has this team cooking. You know, Alex Smith, obviously comeback player of the year. If anybody else gets it, let's just throw the whole NFL away. We got to get rid of it. Alex Smith comes back, and he's starting to put it together a little bit. What is working for this Washington football team? Well, let me see. Let's start. Well, I was going to say, I'd say Antonio Gibson, but he went out, shoot second, third play of the game against, against Pittsburgh. JD McKissick out of the backfield is one thing. Logan Thomas. And I'm just, I'm, I just, I literally just watched cause I wanted to rewatch the Washington Pittsburgh game. Cause I was working. So I was only listening to it in the car as I was driving around uh, uh, that night. But defensively, and it's weird because they lost Matt Ioannidis and they really were struggling for a while. But now that defensive line seems to have kind of figured things out. Uh, Deron Payne is playing great in the interior. Montez Sweat was amazing against Pittsburgh. He was all everywhere, all over the place. You know, Chase Young had the great play on the goal line. And I've been a little critical of Chase Young because I wasn't crazy about staying at two and taking him in the draft, to be perfectly honest. But he he's really he's really picked it up. The other thing too is, you know, they had so many problems, you know, jumping offside and that kind of stuff, and and you know, lining up the neutral zone. That's quit a little bit. And and the other thing, Dustin Hopkins, everybody was ready to get rid of him, and to make three <laughs> field goals on the in the toughest place for a visiting kicker to kick in the NFL, absolutely tremendous. Although although I'd be honest. Pittsburgh's coaching staff did a terrible job in that game, in my opinion. 55 throws for Roethlisberger in the shape that he's in. <laughs> I don't care that James Conner's out. I don't care that Benny Snell got stuffed at the goal line. Not just that. 
they threw. I didn't know this because I was in and out of the vehicle a lot during the goal line stand. So I missed the fact that they threw to a tackle eligible on third down. Mm-hmm. So on mm-hmm. third and goal, you throw to a tackle eligible. On the key fourth and one at the 28, you throw to Anthony McFarlane. You've got Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster, Chase Claypool. Why are you throwing to these people in the – and why are you throwing these other people in the key spots? Seriously, if you're going to give Anthony McFarlane the ball on fourth and one, fine. Give it him to the ball running the football because that's what yeah, he's good right. at. Marilyn Terrapin, love the kid, absolutely love the kid. Uh, that They just – their play calling was bizarre in that game from Pittsburgh. Absolutely bizarre. And look, you know, one of the things that great – some good teams do in this league is just let the other team screw up and lose it themselves. And Washington's kind of did that in the Pittsburgh game. Uh, I, I caution everybody to calm down a little bit because, unfortunately, they're still on the wrong end of the tiebreaker. The Giants winning that game in Seattle has really kind of just ruined my weekend completely until Washington <laughs> won on Monday. I was beside myself watching watching Russell Wilson be under siege by the Giants' front seven and having no help whatsoever and, and hikes the ball two seconds. Here's a guy in his face. Let me throw it. That's what it was the entire game, at least the entire – Parts of the game I was watching at, at, at the uh, at the poker room when I was playing, uh, and now and I and I can't believe I'm saying this. I think Arizona's. I think the Giants are going to beat Arizona this yeah, weekend. I so I think Washington has to win this game against San Francisco, or they're probably not going to win this division. It's so frustrating because on Thanksgiving I was saying the winner of the of the of the Washington Cowboys game was going to win the division, and that's out the window. And after two you know two weeks later, I can't believe it. Yeah, no, I feel the same way. Yeah, I think I think Arizona's going to lose this week. Um, with this this Washington football team, I it's just so weird to watch them sometimes because they they have the they have these ups and downs, and then you know we talked about it in the off season. You know we thought Alex Smith would make a comeback, he would play, and they would be right there in contention. And here they are. Although the division stinks, we know that. Um, what do you? What do you think is the future for this Washington football team outside of this season? You know, you are a fan. What are you looking forward to for the 2021 season? I, I don't, we, I think we can all agree that the Niners and the Washington team are not going to be in the Super Bowl. What are you looking forward to next year? Right now, I, I want to know what the long-term answer is at quarterback because I was, I was on completely on the other side of you about Alex Smith. I thought putting him out there was crazy. I thought it was endangering him and his welfare long-term, like after his football career. And I just didn't think he could he could muster anything anymore because he was going to play on one, literally one good leg because that's what he's got. You see him in the game. He used to be a, he used to be a pretty good running quarterback who could get away, could actually hurt you with his legs. He just basically stands there now. And, 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 and I've already heard Ron Rivera say, well, we want Alex Smith back. Well, if they keep, if they do nothing with his contract next year and they keep him, it's twenty four point four million dollars, and he's done it and he's done a better job than I thought he was going to do. But I don't want him back at that price, not a chance. I would love to personally if he retired and we kept him in the building as a quarterback coach, you know, consultant, front office, whatever he wants, because he's been a great person. Dwayne Haskins loves him to bits because he helped Dwayne Haskins a lot in his rookie year. Uh, and and to me, that's that that's all you need to know about Alex Smith is that he's the guy basically coaching the other quarterbacks when he's been injured, having had this terrible injury. That's the kind of guy he is. But I, I want to know what we're going to do at quarterback. Are we going to go after a veteran like a certain quarterback that you guys want to get rid of, perhaps? 
are we going to go in the draft? Cause it'll, cause right now, you know, if we end up at say seven and nine or eight and eight, you keep your hands you on Zach Wilson, about, George. Keep your hands off Zach Wilson. Okay. Well, we can forget it. Look, we're going to, we're, if we, if they end up at seven or nine or eight and eight, they can forget about Wilson. They can forget about Lance. They can forget about all them guys unless they move up. And this team better not be moving up in the draft, not with all the roster issues they've got, because they have a lot of them. Uh, so I don't know. I, I'm, I'm kind of curious. I'm, I'm curious. I, I could see bringing Alex Smith back if it's on a reduced price tag. But again, at $24.4 million, and, you know, if they cut him, depending on whether it's pre-June 1 or post-June 1, they can save either $13.6 million or $19 million in the cap. And they're going to have some cap space because we're going to be waving goodbye to Ryan Kerrigan at the end of the year. And I think that's over 10 million there. So, and they need it because they've got to, they've got to, they've got to do some stuff in the draft. They've got to sign some players. They got to figure out a long-term answer at quarterback. They got a lot of stuff. And that's why this, this you talk about it. We, it's weird. It's weird that they're in contention because I, I was thinking about this when I was driving around today when they won the division in 2015, I really enjoyed that, even though it was because the rest of the division collapsed. But the knock-on effects were terrible. The Kirk Cousins debate started, and 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 in some cases still hasn't ended with some people on online. And I was one of those people that was dead set against Kirk Cousins getting an extension, and I feel like I've been proven right in that regard. And it kept Jay Gruden around way longer than it should have, because without that, he would have been out long before he was. It kept this. It kept the Allen administration around. It was really bad. I enjoyed it. It was really terrible. And I just wonder if they win the division again, are there certain things that are going to happen after this time that we're all going to be sitting there going, damn, if we didn't win the division, these terrible things wouldn't have happened afterwards. Yeah. I, what you say about Alex Smith is exactly what I think about Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I think they can win with Jimmy Garoppolo. But they can win with his limitations, but they can't win with his limitations and his constraints that he's putting on the salary cap. That's like the end-all, be-all conversation for me. If you're going to pay a guy $27 million, or in Alex Smith's case, $24 million, they have to be worth the money. The worst thing you can have in the NFL is an okay quarterback. Because then then it becomes, well, who's better? Who can we move on to? Who can we make a move to get that's better than him? And you're just stuck in, in, in the limbo. Because because you can't get a guy that's going to take the next step, and you're also not willing to make that change. Just like the Washington football team, Ooh, I almost did it right there. I almost dropped it because I was talking about Kirk Cousins. I almost did it. So just like the Washington football team did with Kirk Cousins, where you you slot tag on them twice, they're stuck in this mire of mediocrity. And I think that's where the 49ers are going to end up being with Jimmy Garoppolo. But back to the Washington football team because that's what we're here to talk about. That defensive line reminds me of the 2019 49ers. They are loaded with first round picks. They are have they have multiple guys that can get after the quarterback. They have somebody like Deron Payne that can stuff the middle. They have some unsung heroes. And you mentioned Ryan Kerrigan moving on after this year. Holding on to him at the trade deadline seems incredibly smart at this point because they were ready to move off of him and ready to take some yeah. picks for him. But now all of a sudden he's making key impact plays down the stretch. Now he's not Ryan Kerrigan of five, six years ago. But if you've got a guy at his age that can give you 20, 25 solid pass rush snaps, that's a great, great thing to have. Just talk to me about this defensive line. I know you touched on him a little bit, but how has it evolved over the course of the season? Well, I think we have to start with the Ionitis injury because up to that point, and again, they, were, they weren't playing well as a team, and that defensive line wasn't playing well as a team. I would argue he was their best player on the defensive line, even over Allen, even over Chase Young. He gets hurt, 
And they and this and remember this team has been struggling. This team's been struggling to stop the run, which is another bizarre thing about the Steelers game plan last week. Is that here's a team that's give up over 100 yards twice to the Giants without Saquon Barkley playing either game, yet you don't run the ball against them. But it, but I just I don't know if it's a tighter rotation is better for all these guys, and it can be that they can get in more of a rhythm because you wouldn't think that with defensive players. You want to keep them fresh. You you need to have depth on the defensive line so that they that they can come after the quarterback in the fourth quarter when the money's on the line. But it feels like tightening this rotation up, you know, and and, and I'll say this, the emergence of a guy like Tim Settle, who's made a bunch of big plays in this three-game winning streak, he's been fantastic. He's another guy, a late-round guy that's come through for him. And I just feel like, okay, so he's getting chances now, but all these guys are playing more snaps, so they all are kind of getting a feel for the game and maybe figuring out, the tricks with whatever these opposing offensive linemen are doing that they can that they're going up against, and and now all of a sudden it's like okay we're in a rhythm and I guess I guess defensive players especially front four players can have a, can be can get in a rhythm just like quarterbacks and running backs and receivers do. Yeah, that's absolutely yeah. fair. I was, I was watching this game and I'm like. Jesus, these guys are flying around. That defensive line reminds me of the 2019 team. And I really liked uh, Montez Sweat coming out in that draft um, the year Bosa came out. Um, I thought he was a guy that we could have took if we moved back instead of taking Bosa. Um, where, with this with this Washington football team defense, I was about to say the R word too. Um, where, <laughs> um, where do you think the 49ers can take advantage of them in this game? Now, we know... I mean, you've watched the 49ers, George. We know we're limited at the quarterback position. You know that we're littered with injuries all over the place. But this offense is still moving the ball thanks a lot to Kyle Shanahan's ability to scheme it up. What is a weakness that the 49ers can take advantage of in this game on this uh, Washington defense? Sorry. For, well, first, because you mentioned Montez, what I have to say this, I, I'm amazed he never, I don't know if he ever played basketball in high school, but he should have, because the guy can just get up there like, oh my God, he can get up there. He must have been able to dunk. You know, why didn't somebody make him a power forward? But that's, that's a whole other story. Where can they take advantage? Jordan Reed is who they can take advantage with. Jordan Reed, who almost for two years was, was, was not being cleared for the concussion protocol in Washington. And that's how his time ended here in Washington. It was found second life in San Francisco, which just blows my mind on a lot of levels. Uh, our linebackers still kind of struggle in coverage a little bit. And I feel like Jordan Reed, typically the tight end and the running back out of the backfield has killed Washington for at least a decade and a half. That's been the case. I don't know how good uh, receiving back receivers your running backs are. I know this Jordan Reed can cause can cause them problems. And, I, and I'll be interested to see what where Brandon Ayuk is, is lined up because if I have the, if the biggest worry if I've got in this game or one of the biggest worries I have is Brandon Ayuk. I mean, he is absolutely – he is as good as advertised. He is as good as you guys said he was because I'll be honest, I thought you reached when you took him. I really thought you reached when you took him where you did. And arguably, I mean, I know he's been out and been injured and, and that kind of thing, but in a wide receiver class that has been insanely good – I mean, only only Jefferson's better than him in in my view at this point same, right now same. in the rookie class. And look, if you swap places, I think you could be, at least be doing what Jefferson's doing, if not more than what Jefferson's doing. He's that good. So, I, I and and our secondary. I mean, it's funny. They're another one that had a big injury. Landon Collins went out injured, and they got better, which is kind of strange. 
but I think they're still vulnerable. So I, I'm I'm worried about Jordan Reed having a big game against us, uh, be, you know, because he's we know what how good he can be when he's healthy. And I'm worried about Brandon Ayuk big time. You're talking about your secondary now. When me and me and Javi first started this podcast, we were coming up on the 20 was it 18 draft, 19 draft. I think so. 2019 yeah. draft. Yeah. 2019 draft. Um, and we were starting to run through, you know, who we had our sleepers, who were our draft crushes, everything. I'm a James Madison guy. Everybody knows this. Oh, There's God. a Here certain player. I know. I, yes, I'm so excited to get to talk about it. Jimmy fucking Moreland. Here we go. Plays for the Washington football team. And I've seen him get more and more snaps. It started, he started off real strong in interception in week one against Carson Wentz, which makes him the one of 47 players. To have an interception against Carson Wentz this year, I think. And, you know, he's played, he, he saw a dip in snaps, but again, you saw the Landon Collins injury. And then all of a sudden, he's playing 75, 80% of snaps now. Just talk to us and tell 49ers fans that I was absolutely correct and that you should have taken a shot on the small school guy, especially with the issues. Hobby, I see you over there shaking your head at me, especially with the injury issues the 49ers had in their secondary. How has Jimmy Moreland gone, gone through his first two seasons? Well, here's the first thing about Jimmy Moreland. That first preseason, you 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 saw it like immediately, like special teams, and when he would get in there at the end of games. And I mean, and I know people don't like preseason, and everybody gets on me because I think preseason's important. I love right away. You're like, what? I love preseason, George. Well, uh, it's necessary, it, and it may be a necessary evil to some, but it's necessary. And preseasons where a guy like Jimmy Moreland, you see him, and you're like, okay. He's a seventh-round pick from James Madison. Who cares? I'm watching the guy play, and I'm seeing something. I'm seeing something really good. And it continued into the regular season. And when he got out there his rookie year, you could tell, okay, it's it's tough because he's the seventh-round guy, and he's being thrust in here because of all these injuries. But you know what's great about Jimmy Moreland? He forgets it. If he gets burned or whatever or something goes wrong or whatever it is, it's, it is out of his mind, and he will go back in there and he will talk to trash and he will get after somebody and he doesn't give a damn. And I love that because you got to have that amnesia, whether you're what position you are. If you make a bad play, it's got to be forget it, learn from it, go on to the next thing. That's the way he is. And I just, Jimmy Warland's got it. He's one of those guys. He's a dog and he's got that mentality. And you got to have that on defense, especially in the secondary, because especially in this league, the way the rules are, you, you got everything against you if you're a corner and if you're any good at all because because you sneeze on a guy and it's flag and Jimmy Moreland will just he he'll just fight you every 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 step of the way and Redskin excuse me Washington fans love Jimmy Moreland yes I said it I should say it more just because I, I'm a, I'm mad about the name thing but I've already ranted about that on my own podcast we're not gonna do that again here but Washington fans love Jimmy Moreland because He's as honest as the day is long. And, you know, you're getting 100% from him every play. And, again, it's not always going to be fantastic. He's not Darrell Revis or Richard Sherman, but he is. But he's damn good for this team. And, again, anytime you see a seventh-round guy make it in this league, you're, you love it because that's the, you know that person's had to work through everything and had to fight their way to get there. You all can't see the smug look on my face, but, oh, boy, is it there. 
Is it there? I am. I am happier than a pig in shit right now. This is awesome. Now that's that's. I really just had to get that in here because that's really what one of the first things we talked about is. I was ranting and raving about this guy. Obviously, I watched him play at JMU all his time, oh, and then he was actually the first player I ever interviewed. I interviewed him for Forty uh, Nine Web Zone and stuff. So, so I huge fan. I wanted the Forty Nine to take a chance on him, and when I saw they picked a corner in the sixth round, I got really excited. And then when I saw it came from UVA, I was, God damn it. Tim Harris. That's just let's let's play the Madison fight song while we're at it. Let's let's get that going. <laughs> I don't have the button for it. I guess. <laughs> um, George, I looking. I was looking over some numbers and Alex Smith third down stats this season: nineteen of forty-two, two hundred sixty-three yards, zero touchdowns, two interceptions, eleven first downs, eleven sacks, fifty-four QBR rating. Talk to me about this third down offense for the Washington football team. Is it that bad, or is is what's missing? And is this something the Niners can take advantage of this week? Yeah, yeah, it is because, look, they are beat up on the offensive line. And, and you know, it's also a factor of, you know, you know, everybody knows about Terry McLaurin and how good he is. So it's not like they can sneak attack and surprise anybody with him. It's, it's an absolute marvel that they won that game against Pittsburgh with Terry McLaurin getting two catches. And that, that speaks to the other guys stepping up and playing well. And my hope is is that San Francisco will be as inattentive to uh, Terry McLaurin as they were to Cole Beasley last week. Uh, thanks, because that cost me in a league. Thank you very much. That that cost me in a fantasy league in the playoffs. Thanks, thanks a lot, there, guys. Okay. Right. But but uh, it is it's tough because especially now. I mean, if Gibson's not going to play, and he probably isn't. You know, they they were struggling on third and short. I'm not a Peyton Barber fan at all. I mean, I guess he's effective on the goal line, but he's not a great short yardage back, really. And it's the dink dunk thing, and it, and I I just don't know how they get by with it. Sometimes they do, they find a way, but I mean, I I would expect San Francisco to be at least this would be me. I would be very aggressive. I'd be I'd be pushing people up in the box. I'd be I'd have somebody back there from Clorn because he can burn you deep. But I'd be daring them to throw deep. I think you gotta you gotta force Alex Smith to throw that ball down the field and see what happens. I mean, yes. You may they may get a play like the one to Cam Sims, the one hander that basically won the game in Pittsburgh. But it's, I mean, he's throwing so many short passes, so many passes behind the stick, behind the first down marker. Like the the play that turned that game was a bubble screen to Cam Sims, and he should have got two yards, and and it was blocked well, and he made a couple moves, but there's no way it should have got the first down. And I kind of feel like that that's their third down offense is. They're hoping for yak. They're hoping that they throw it to the guy and he can make somebody miss or get enough yards after the catch to get the first down. Cause just, there's just, and they're not able to protect Alex Smith long enough for him to throw it down the field sometimes, especially when it's third and, you know, 10 plus. You're not going to, they're just not giving him the time because they got, they got who this and who that in there. And, you know, they don't have a Trent Williams anymore. And I hope at some point we get to talk, we get to have a little talk about Trent Williams because Trent Williams is, Trent Williams is an absolute Trojan. He is a beast. He is a savage. He's whatever you want to say. And I just, I just want to know that if he's dealing the pain and the savagery out at, at left tackle for San Francisco like he did for Washington because it was a joy to watch him, especially when they were running some play where he was pulling and coming around the end. Always oh, a joy to watch the bodies just hit the floor on the other side as he's coming through. <laughs> I love Trent Williams. He he is absolutely fantastic. So we, you you did it. You, we can get right to it because Trent Williams was asked about his relationship in time in Washington. He said he's not going to hold a grudge against them because those people that that kind of made the issue with his health are no longer there. So he doesn't have an That's issue right. with the Washington football franchise 
or football team franchise. That's so weird. Like, just get a fucking name. Um, <laughs> uh, but, you know, with Trent, I think he's, he's – you don't even notice him, unfortunately, in this offense. Like, he's doing his job. He's protecting the blind side. He'll run block for you. He does everything right. And then just, you know, the guys on the right side of the offensive line are the ones you got to be worried about with the 49ers. But um, Trent Williams has been an absolute stud for us, and I hope we can figure out a way to extend him. I've always liked him when he played in Washington. Um, what happened there? Like, you're more familiar with that situation than I am. Oh. What happened with I, Trent I, Williams? I, on my old podcast, I did a long bit about this. Uh, he had a, he had an issue with the growth on his head, and they thought it was just it was a regu- it was just some sort of a growth or something. They didn't realize it was a tumor and, and one that was potentially life threatening. And you know they told him that the medical staff in Washington was atrocious. We Washington was up there near the top of the league in terms of players on IR at the end of the season. They had two seasons in a row where they had twenty over twenty players on IR. So that means your medical staff's doing a bad job or your strength and conditioning staff's doing a bad job. In this case, it was both. They were absolutely top awful. But the medical staff was incompetent. They had James Andrews, who's a big name, and everybody's a famous surgeon because I guess he does a lot of – I mean, it was his shoulders or knees was his thing. But, but running a medical staff on a football team is a whole lot different than just being a regular old surgeon because you got to worry about a lot of different things, not just one specific area. And the, the – they were just incompetent, and so he had to go to his. He had to go to the doctor himself, and I think he was some some famous doctor in Chicago. He went and saw it and said, "Look, this is a tumor. If it grows any bigger, it's going to start impacting your brain. It could kill you, and you need to get it out, get this thing out of your body now." And so that's what happened, and that's why he had it with the administration because the administration did not know what was doing. It was doing the medical staff had no idea. What's amazing about what happened in Washington. The guy that was the trainer that came in with Dan Snyder had been the trainer the entire time, the head trainer the, the entire time, all 20-plus years that Dan Snyder's been here just about. And only last year did he finally get fired when this team's had issues with, with concussions and, and players getting injured and staying injured and getting re-injured and all these different things. That's what happened. And, and it, it was tough because at the beginning of the season, I was like, I hope I, I, I'm expecting Troy Trent Williams to sit out. Maybe if we fire everybody, get a new administration, he'll stay. It was obviously clear pretty early in the season that that he wasn't staying no matter what happened. So then it became they should have traded him, and they could have got a lot for him, especially when flipping Miami got the the moon, the stars, and the sun for Laramie Tunsil. And you're like, Laramie Tunsil's good. He ain't Trent freaking Williams. And instead, we get what was it? Two picks from you. I think a third rounder this year and a fifth rounder last year or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing is, it's like you say, he never gets any credit because you don't notice him because he does his job. He is, he ought to be a hall of famer. I don't think he'll ever get in the hall of fame because I don't know if he's ever been, he's, that's the other thing being on Washington. You don't get to be all pro if you're on Washington, no matter how good you are. Cause I don't think we've had one. I think since Sean, I, I, Sean Taylor might even be further than back than that. I mean, I I always tub thump for Tress Way as the best punter in the league, and he never gets the dad gum re- recognition. But because we're terrible, and because we're we're a rotten, awful franchise, or we have been for the last you know twenty five, thirty years. And and that's and I'm glad Trent went. To, I when Trent went to San Francisco, I'm like, this is great. He's on a team that's just been in the Super Bowl. He's replacing a legend, and he will be just as good, if not better, than the legend that he's replacing. And I heard, and I remember listening to your show during the preseason, and apparently. 
uh, Trent Williams was given uh, given old Bosa some serious work, and that that made me smile when I heard that. It made me smile real wide. I really enjoyed hearing that. Yeah, uh, there's there's a certain subset of 49ers fans that don't want to pay Trent Williams. Under NASA's Artemis program, Dynetics and Lidos will develop and build a new human landing system, advancing economic opportunities and paving the way for a sustained lunar economy. Learn more at DyneticsHLS.com. Under NASA's Artemis program, Dynetics and Lidos will develop and build a new human landing system, advancing economic opportunities and paving the way for a sustained lunar economy. Learn more at DyneticsHLS.com. Because they don't think he's worth the money. I know you're making a face and I'm, I'm telling you it exists. And it's because they say, they, like Javi says, you never notice him because he's just doing his job. He, his only job is to make sure that the running back gets mo- moving forward and that the quarterback is still standing on his two feet. And he watched the right side of the line collapse. McGlinchey gets beat, whichever rotating right guard they throw in there, not doing their job. And meanwhile, you know, Trent Williams is standing five yards away from the quarterback, just mauling some dude. So there's there's some weird subset of not wanting to keep him. I think, yeah, yeah, Mm. yeah, he's he's a monster. I've actually met him. Um, My mom was a guidance counselor in the Ashburn area uh, when I was growing up. So I met a lot of the Washington football team players, and he was one of them. He's a huge human being. He's gigantic. He's gigantic. My mom was so small world. My mom was actually Jonathan Allen's guidance counselor. Oh wow! So so I got I got a chance to meet him when he was in high school. Uh, Skinny kid in high school. Like he was really good. Like really, obviously mm-hmm. he went to Alabama. He's really good. He's really skinny. You've seen him now. Like, whew, that is not the kid I remember when he was 16, 17 years old. Um, but before we get a prediction from you, because that's always the last thing we do, I really want to talk about Ron Rivera. I love Ron Rivera. I think out of all the new coaching hires that happened this offseason, I think the Washington football team made the, the best one. I think Ron Rivera was the perfect person to bring into that franchise. And my conspiracy theory is he knew that shit was going to hit the fan. He knew that this name was going to erupt. He knew that all this stuff was going to happen. And they hired him because he can be the steadying force. So not only is he a steadying force, he beats cancer because he's awesome. He rings the bell. He's coaching every game on the sideline. And I I thought it was a win-win situation for for Ron Rivera going in. If he doesn't win, that's fine. It's Washington. They never win. But if he succeeds, he becomes a favorite son of Washington. And I think it's honestly the best coach they've had since Joe Gibbs the first time since Super Bowl winning Joe Gibbs. I think this is the best hire they've made. So just talk to us real quick about the impact Ron Rivera has had on that franchise. Well, it's, it's been gigantic. Uh, he, he certainly had an impact on the name change, which I'm not, I wasn't happy with him. And I'll be honest, I'm still not happy with him with that. And I didn't like the way he treated Dwayne Haskins because to me he did he did Dwayne Haskins what Jay Gruden did to Robert Griffin III, and I really wasn't okay with that. And anybody who would have heard the Against the Spread pod would have heard me rant and rave and go crazy over that. However, there's been one, even though even at two and seven when I said when I even said that boy God this looks like a Jay Gruden coach team there was one crucial difference they were never given up in games even though they would come out playing terrible. One, one, one angle that I've had all year that's been very profitable has been I've been betting against Washington in the first half because they've only won one first half this entire season, which is, just doesn't seem possible that that would be the case, but it's true. They've won one first half this entire season. Or excuse me, two. They've won two first halves this entire season, both against Dallas. Nobody else. They have not, even Cincinnati, uh, they were down at halftime to them. But they've always been able to come back, which is unusual. 
team that this team usually kind of packs it in. I mean, they couldn't have been worse against Pittsburgh in the first half. They didn't have 100 yards until the last minute of the first half when they got that little drive together to kick the field goal. And yet they came out, bam, down the field, scored, touchdown. And even I'm sitting there in the car going, oh, my God, they got a chance here, which is not something I would have said under the previous administration for sure, or even the previous administration to that, the Shanahan administration, really. I wouldn't have even said it then. So he's changing the culture and it's guys and it's guys like Jimmy Moreland, Cameron Curls, another guy that they fa- that they found off the street who's just who's who just is fights fights like crazy every time he's out there. You know, Tim Settle, we talked about him. You know, Antonio Gibson, I hated that pick. I, 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 I t- I'll happily take the biggest L on that pick imaginable because I wanted him to take a tackle because there were two really good tackles that were out there that they didn't take, and it took a guy that they couldn't even tell whether he was a receiver or running back. But guys like Gibson, McKissick, off the scrap heap from Detroit, and now he's our James White, for goodness sake. And these guys, they're just, they're just going to keep going. It may be going bad. Things may be going wrong. But we're like, we're going to keep – we're just going to keep playing and see what happens. And there's something to be said for that. And Ron Rivera is changing the culture. There's no doubt about it. Uh, I was really critical of him, you know, halfway through this season. And I was really frustrated with a lot of things. But they – but you see it's starting to – it is starting to come together. Nobody – nobody would have had them uh, beating Pittsburgh on Monday night. At eleven and zero, even if you even if you go back in hindsight and say, "Well, Pittsburgh looks like they're physically spent," and that's the point I made on against the spread, uh, which dropped this morning, uh, which dropped Thursday morning. Excuse me. Hopefully, you're listening to that Power Five Pro Football Network. But you would not have had Washington being the one to do that. Everybody was thinking Buffalo next week. That was what was going to stop Pittsburgh. And now I'm sitting here saying. San Francisco's been the swing game all along, and I thought it was going to be the swing game to get to seven wins because I thought seven was the magic number. Now it's eight because of what's going on with New York, and it still is a swing game. And I'm st- and I still can't bring myself to be totally convinced. Although I I I am going to bet Washington this week, but I I really do think that that this team is coming together at the right time. I just wonder about how sustainable it is beyond what's going on right now with the division as terrible as it's going to be because. It's not going to be – it shouldn't be that bad next year. Who the hell knows? So you're going to – you're Ben Washington. And we, with every guest we have, what do you what do you think the outcome of this game is going to be? I mean, score-wise, what do you see happening? Any type of game script? What do you, what do you think this – how this game is going to look? I think the key for me is going to be can, can they deal – can they deal with Kyle Shanahan's ability – to not just to do what you talked about, to not only scheme people open, but all those different angles where they run the football, you know, is is the, is that front which has been so good and is so athletic? Are they going to be able to catch all these different things? Because they really, San Francisco can cross you up. We've seen it. We've seen like the two Rams games are the perfect example. They they've they absolutely tied the Rams defense in nuts in those games with those runs. And it's not just one guy. It's Jeff Wilson or it's Mostert or it's somebody else. And, you know, Hasty. It was him too. And so for me, I, I want to see us. I want to see us not allow them to run the football because again, the teams that have had success against Washington this year, like the Giants, have run the football in Washington and have stuck with it even if it wasn't successful early. They kept at it. And I also want to. I also want to see 
can we just have a little bit of balance? Because I don't want to see Alex Smith throwing 46 times like he did against Pittsburgh. Because I just I know Gibson's probably out, and the running game doesn't look great on paper without him. But whether it's McKissick or Barber or somebody else or whoever, let's let's at least have a little bit of balance. I'm going to say it's Washington. And you know what? It'll be a lot of field goals in this game. So I'm going to say something like 20, 23-16 Washington because I think you guys have kind of got the same problem we do in the sense that not great in the red zone. That's kind of been an issue a little bit with Washington. It's certainly been an issue with you guys, but it's, it's been an issue with Washington as well. So I think it's going to be that kind of game. It, it's not going to be a blowout either way. It, it may not be the most aesthetically pleasing game to watch. I'm also hoping that because the game's in Arizona – and we used to get lots of Redskin, well, excuse me, Washington fans going to Arizona games in the old days when Arizona was in the division. I'm hoping we'll see some burgundy and gold in that in that crowd to give maybe to to give us a little home field advantage in Arizona. That certainly that certainly is helpful that you're playing games there instead of Santa Clara. Yeah, absolutely. And I just real quick before we let you go, I want to point this out before we join PFN, we do we did our draft crush stuff before the combine. And I just want everyone to know, I want to remind everyone that did listen back then. I had Antonio Gibson listed as one of my draft crushes this year because I thought that that hybrid running back wide receiver, it's, it's, the, it's the next move. I also had Chase Claypool for those of you keeping track at home. So I think I knocked my draft crushes out of the park this year. But George, thank you so much for joining us. Like we said, we've been looking forward to this all season long. Mm-hmm. All season long. We love hearing your rants on Against the Spread. We love just letting you go to town. When you listen to our pod, you, you just continually tell us what part you're at. And it's like, it's my favorite thing in, in the PFN group jazz. You're just updating us as you're listening. So please plug yourself, let the folks know where they can find you, where they can find against the spread. Oh, thank you guys for having me on just to join the illustrious group of people that have been on this podcast this year is, is, is pretty darn good. And I've, I've had a wonderful time, which I, I can say I've been looking forward ever since you broached the idea. I've been looking forward to as much as you, I really thought I was going to be coming on here doing, you know, jokes and dark gallows humor because I thought we'd be terrible and San Francisco would be really good and, you know, being rolling up for the playoffs and all that. But, you know, this is 2020. Weird things happen. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Temp the Rat on Twitter. Uh, against the Spread, which drops on Thursdays, uh, powered by powered by ProFootballNetwork.com. And uh, I compete with some pe- out, people out of D.C., uh, that I follow on Twitter and listen to their shows. I compete in this little uh, uh, pick them, pick them uh, league with them, and I do a little a little column with you know explaining my picks and stuff every week for football garbage time uh, blog and a podcast. And uh, I compete against those folks, and I'm tied for second, but I'm like way behind the leader, which sucks. Unfortunately, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna catch the leader this year. I don't think. Yeah, I have uh, Antonio Gibson on my fantasy team, and good thing I have the bye week this week because I had a 11 and one record. So. Thank, thank you, Jesus, that I don't have to uh, – because Christian McCaffrey's hurt and Gibson's hurt. Now i got to roll with Chubb, and i got to figure out the other running back if I had to play this week. But Crossing uh, my fingers and toes, it's a one-week injury, and he's back. Yeah, I need I need both those guys back, please. Um, but, George, as Matt said, we, we do appreciate you coming on. Um, and, you know, we will do this again soon, hopefully in the offseason, figure something out and get, it, get going again. Um, but we appreciate you coming on. Thank you for having me. It's been fantastic. All right. Once again, thank you to George the Rat Templeton. Um, I I absolutely love that guy, Matt. He's he's been one of the best people we've met over at PFN the entire you know for the entire time we've been there. It's um 
definitely someone I would like to have a beer with one day when we get down to Florida ever, if that ever happens. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, if COVID ever gets ever gets lifted, man, we're heading right down there. Um, we've done a, I've done a couple of virtual happy hours with him. He's just so much fun, man, and he's he's so knowledgeable about all this stuff. And when he gets mm-hmm. when he gets going, just just get out of the way and let George go, man, because he, he knows what he's talking about. And he's going to go on his <laughs> rant. If, and against the spread, if you haven't listened to the podcast yet, uh, it's him and Chris Smith. You might have seen Chris Smith do the live Thanksgiving show with us. Um, I'll be joining him for another live Christmas show as well. Uh, Chris, the the way they start off the episode is they introduce everybody, and then they have George go on a rant, and George whew, goes, and it's fantastic every single time so make sure you get a chance to go listen to those guys again another pfn podcast absolutely all over it those guys know what they're talking about they win a lot of money so get yeah. over there and listen to them guys they win a lot more money than i do that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> I, I should listen to them but i don't i'm like ah, i know what i'm talking about and then those guys are meanwhile up a ton of money and i'm down a bunch so here we are <laughs> yeah uh week 14 niners washington football team as always, we get into our three keys of the game. There's not, there's a whole bunch going on in 49er land right now. We'll get to that eventually down the road. Yeah. It's just too much going on with the 49ers. So let's just focus on this game. Kind of like the Niners are focusing on this game. Um, you know, this team, they have the ability to to get your hopes up and then let you down. You know, we had our hopes up for Buffalo. Not we, you know, but a lot of us were like, hey, we can, we can beat Buffalo. And then Josh Allen decides to absolutely slice and dice us and when you have nick mullins on the other side you just can't keep pace like we talked about in the last episode um but for this game i think the biggest thing is if we have any shot at this game you have to keep nick mullins upright uh we talked about the defensive line with the washington football team they they remind you and remind me of the 2019 49ers front line you have a rotation of six seven eight nine guys you have your two um, you know, bookends at Chase Young and Montez Sweat. I feel sorry for Mike McGlinchey and his non-rhythmic ass. Um, it's 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 going to be bad, I think, on that defensive line or the offensive line for for McGlinchey's side, especially. I think I think Chase Young and and Trent Williams would be a really nice matchup. I think Trent will be just fine. But if the Niners have any shot in this game, they need to keep Nick Mullins upright. He is short. And you can tell it kind of hurts him in the passing game because he has to see these throwing lanes for himself. Um, so this team has to keep him upright and protected. Um, I don't, you know, the last thing you want to see is Nick Mullins get splattered all over the field. Um, and I think he only got sacked. Tw- I don't think he got sacked once against the Bills. I don't think he got sacked. I think I sacked maybe he once. Maybe he got once. Maybe sacked but, once. I don't know. But he was pressured. Way. He was under pressure a lot. Yeah. Either way, he was under pressure a lot. And we all know Nick Mullins is not the greatest athlete in the world. So, you know, he did show some flashes of some movement ability against the Bills. Um, but the Washington football team can definitely get after him. So this front offensive line is going to have a big, tall task against this defensive line. They're going to have to keep him upright. That's that's one way the Niners can kind of maintain and stay in this game. Yeah, uh, to, I, I absolutely agree with you. And to build off that, my number one key to the game is to stretch the defense horizontally. We know this is a vertically challenged offense. The pass to Brandon Ayuk against the Bills was the longest pass in air yards all season long. All season long, I think it was like 53. 54.8. 54.8 air yards. That was the longest all season long. And you got to think out of the number of times they've had big weapons out there. That's that's crazy that it took until this long to even get close to that. So you got to stretch the defense horizontally. What do I mean by that? I mean exactly what they did to the Los Angeles Rams. You got to get Debo sweeps, maybe some... Richie James sweeps, maybe some Brandon Ayuk sweeps, but also you talked about it. Nick Mullins, 
flash a little bit of that ability to roll out. Rolling out, you can stretch this defense horizontally. You can negate their front four and get into their linebackers. So I think the linebackers are the weak portion of this football team's defense. Absolutely. I think that's where you've got to attack these guys. And, you know, we heard George say, you know, go for Jordan Reed because Jordan Reed's going to be lined up against who? A linebacker. So really what Bostic. you want to do is you yeah. want to get these guys moving side to side and eliminate their ability to just pin their ears back and go forward. Because as soon as you do that, they're going to get a little bit cautious, and that's when you can start hitting them with runs at the middle, stretch runs, stuff like that. Stretch these guys out horizontally. Horizontally. So so some some jet motion, some orbit motion, maybe a little bit of ghost motion, you know, just for the people that remember that whole conversation that happened on Twitter <laughs> last year, a little ghost motion. And stretch these guys out horizontally because I think that's the number one way you can keep this defense on their toes. Yeah, you know Kyle Sienan loves to attack linebackers, so this is a game – where we could see a lot of Jordan Reed. We could see some Jeff Wilson in the past game. We could see maybe Raheem Mostert in the past game. Um, but what you're really looking for is Debo um, and Ayuk on the you know on these screens and bubbles uh, that they can get. Um, you know, a lot of folks are w- wondering what happened to Debo in the first half. Well, Tredavious White was on him a lot, and the the Buffalo Bills set the edges a lot. The nine tech and the safety and the corners are dropping down. You saw it all on film. I posted a couple of videos on there. Um, so I, I think, like you said, I, I think Washington's linebackers are a major liability. So that's where they can take advantage. If you can get Debo and you heard George mention it, the angles, the angles that we can create with this passing game and horizontally and the run game um, is going to put some strain on these linebackers, but it's up to this right side of the offensive line to hold up their end of the bargain. And I'm going to mm-hmm. continually say the right side of the offensive line. I think Lakin's been fine and Trent has been, have been, Absolutely fine. Trent was, or Lakin was an elite pass blocker, according to PFF, like like six weeks in a row. You know what I mean? So um, he's doing fine. When it comes to my second key of the game, special teams. This Niners special teams unit has to flip the field somewhat. They have to return some punts, get those 10, 12-yard punt returns. And on the other side, pin them deep. This, this, this Washington football team offense without Antonio Gibson is very, very limited. Um, you know, the Steelers game, they, they dinked and dunked most of the way down, but I, I think this Niners defense is pretty fast to, to, to keep these things in front of them, to force Alex Smith to throw the ball down the field, um, or at least make him check it down a lot because the, the defense is pretty darn good. But the special teams for the 49ers has to be a factor in this game, whether that is forcing a muff punt, flipping the field with the punts, and then the punt returns being, you know, more than, more than a, you know, a fair catch. Um, I don't think we'll see Trent Taylor returning any more punts anymore. You know, maybe get Brandon Ayuk back there. Get the ball in your best player's hands. Like let him re- let him return a punt or two. You know, help flip the field. Help this offense out a little bit so they're they're not backed up all damn game um, inside their own twenty, inside their own thirty. Just uh, the the special team has to have some type of role in this game. Yeah, I agree because we heard George talk about Tressway. That's undrafted free agent punter Tressway, who he thinks should be an all pro. Undrafted free agent punter who should be an all pro Tressway. So, well, was that he drafted? Was uh, he, he was drafted? not. He was not drafted, oh. believe it or not. Believe it or not, there's an all pro punter that wasn't drafted. Um, Holy shit. So, I know, right? So, so really, they have to find a way to counteract that because Tressway, it doesn't matter if he's punting from his own end zone, he can boot it to the other 35. I mean, this guy's got a leg like you wouldn't believe. He's really good at coughing, coring punts. He's really good at pinning teams deep. So this is where the punt returners have to make an impact. They have to. I 100% agree with you. Um, Mind the second key to the game. Terry McLaurin is their best offensive player. 
Full stop. Yeah. Terry McLaurin is legitimately their best offensive player. That includes Antonio Gibson. You know he's not playing. You got to keep Terry McLaurin in front of you because McLaurin can fly. McLaurin F1, scary Terry, whatever you want to call him. This guy can move once he has the ball in his hands. So if they want to win, they have to keep him in front of them. You can't let him get behind you. You can't have what happened with Isaiah McKenzie in the Bills game where he kind of just leaks out down the sideline by himself. Because if he gets the ball with, with some space in front of him, it's going to be really, really hard to track this guy down. And last time I checked, DK Metcalf was not tackling guys for the 49ers. So there's not going to be this dramatic catch him from behind. Terry McLaurin is gone if he gets space <laughs> open in front of him. So you got to keep him in front. You got to keep him in front of you. Uh, we George talked about how you want to maybe stack the box. This is a game where Tarverius Moore is going to have to use that, his athletic ability to play single high and to keep things in front of him and to recognize who's going deep, who's not, and just basically trail with whoever's going deep. That's yeah. it. Keep Terry McLaurin in front of you. Don't let him make a splash play, which Washington has not really been able to do a whole bunch this year. But pretty much every time they do. It's McLaurin. So keep him in front of you, and that limits a lot of the splash plays they can make. He, yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. And I have I have a question. If if are we gonna see more um Marcel Harris as opposed to Tavares Moore this week? That's that's gonna be that's gonna be something to watch. Um, yeah. Moore has struggled the last two games um in coverage. He's getting confused out there. So we'll see what happens with this the the strong safety slash free safety position. Um, the Niners need to figure that that out. Um my third key of the game, I, I think I'm actually just going to switch it. I'm going to go with the coaching staff. Kyle Shanahan, Robert Saul, they need to be better. Kyle, I understand why Kyle calls a game a certain way. What I didn't understand is why Robert Sala called a couple things a certain way against mm-hmm. this Bills team. He's going to have to be better. Now, Alex Smith is a shell of himself physically. Um, I think he still has a, a strong enough arm to make some some of the throws that he's still making but he's not going to move around the way Josh Allen moved around. So I think Salah is going to have to have this defense just locked in because Alex Alex has seen every coverage you can throw at him. He's been in the league long enough. He's smart. Um, I think he's an elite mental you know, mind or just an elite mind at the quarterback position. And, and you need that. You know, you can beat guys with just your mind in some places. And we saw that with Peyton Manning towards the end of his career. His brain was just so far ahead of everybody else. I'm not saying Alex Smith is Peyton Manning, but – he has seen everything possible in his, what, 12, 13-year career. So you're not going to confuse him too much. Um, but Robert Sala is going to have to just throw some things he may not have seen on film. Robert Sala is going to have to just make some make some more adjustments. Stop playing so much single high and, you know, maybe maybe play some more man against this this Washington football team. I think I would trust Verrett versus McLaurin in man coverage. I think Sherman on his other side, I think he can handle whoever's over there, whether that's Sims or whomever may be there. Uh, a big plus is getting K1 Williams back this week. He was practicing, so he should be back this week. That's a big plus for this 49ers defense. Um, and then on and then on the offensive side, Kyle, you know, just get your playmakers involved early. You know, we need to see Debo, whether it is on a jet sweep, whether it's just on a screen, create something early to get your quarterback in rhythm. Um, I know everyone wants them to run the ball, run, 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 run. But we all know that defensive line for the Washington football team is stout. They're going to be able to stop some of this stuff. As what George said, they're not very good against the run. And we haven't been the greatest team. We haven't been able to run the ball very well since Kittle went out. Like mm-hmm. that's yep. It just is what it is. Charlie Warner, maybe he plays a bigger role this week too. You know, Maybe we get Charlie Warner involved in the run game. Um, so the, I, I think this is on the coaching staff this week. You know, Last week was a um, game script game. This week is coaching game. Like, hey, we're better than these guys on paper. Let's show them that we're better than these guys on paper. 
and make some things happen. Um, I don't think this team is broken by any means, but this is on, they're on the brink of, hey, you lose two straight, and you lose if you lose a game like this to Washington, this could be basically you know the 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 straw that broke the camel's back for the 49ers season. So um, coaching staff has to lift these guys up and put them in better positions to succeed this week. Yeah, um, I'm glad you changed up because I'm going to change up a little bit too. I'm going to change up a little bit too for my third key of the game. And it, it, it came listening to you and, you know, I had win the turnover battle, don't turn the ball over. Okay, that's that's kind of a no shit thing, right? So let's yeah. switch it up a little bit here. You talked about how Alex Smith likes to dink and dunk his way down the field. Death by a thousand cuts, right? Yep. The 49ers are trotting out the best linebacker in football. If there was ever a game where Fred Warner was going to show off his ability to eliminate underneath throws, because again, they don't have to worry about going over the top like they did with Josh Allen. They don't have to play this soft shell zone. They don't have to drop back 8, 10 yards on first down every time. This is a time when Fred Warner can make his money. He's due for an extension. He's going to get his extension. Now is a time where he can put together a highlight real game in a game that really means more to San Francisco 49ers than pretty much anyone has this year so far. This is it. They lose to Washington. That's the death knell. They'll fall you know, probably two games back at least one of those teams at 6-6. Six and six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, You fall two games back at this point in the season, you're done. You're done. It season's over. This game matters so much to San Francisco 49ers. So Fred Warner is my third key to the game. Him and Dre Greenlaw, their ability to take away these underneath routes to cover the running backs coming out. J.D. McKissick in particular, they love to throw to J.D. McKissick. Absolutely. You got to keep these guys in check. Don't let them dink and dunk their way down the field. You got to get them in third and long. And the way you do that is by forcing incompletions on second down, on first down. I trust the 49ers run defense to be able to hold Barber, McKissick, and whoever else are running out there running back to not let them eat away at them. I'm not anticipating yeah. Washington to run for six yards on first down. So if it's second and seven, and you take away the underneath route, and you knock away the, you knock away the pass, third and seven for Washington is just as bad as third and seven for San Francisco. Yeah. These, these, are very two, these are two very similar teams in the regard that their offenses are not high-powered, but their defenses are very good. And I think there's a good chance for Fred Warren, Drake Greenlaw, to prove that they are one of the best linebacker tandems in football. No, yeah, I I agree. Um, it's a Fred game, you know. This could be a Fred game. This could be a Greenlaw game. This is just you know, the, the, it's it's there for the Niners to take it. Um, we'll see if they do. Um, what do you what do you think the outcome of this game is going to be for the 49ers? Man, I think they're going to lose this one. I really do. And I said I just said how important it is, and we pointed out ways they can win, uh, but really that right side of the offensive line terrifies me. Nick yeah. Mullins not being able to scramble, scramble, terrifies me. <laughs> I can see this one going either way. I like George's prediction of 23-16. Um, I also had a very low-scoring, kind of kind of a boring game to watch. I think these are two really good defenses going against two lackluster offenses. I've actually got it 17-13 Washington. And, I mean, I just think this is just going to be a boring game to watch. And, I mean, it, I like defensive football, so not boring from that aspect, but boring in the sense that it's not great defenses shutting down great offenses. It's good defenses shutting down bad offenses. Um, but I think Washington makes just one more play, and I think that Tressway does his thing, and he pins them back, and just the offense can never get it going. And the right side of the offensive line, uh, it's kind of an insult to turnstiles because turnstiles at least slow people down sometimes. So, you know... Uh, <laughs> They're like they're like paper they're like wet paper mache over on the right side of the line. So unless they get that fixed, especially going against this defensive line, 
Uh, 17-13 Washington football team wins this one. My prediction. Yeah, I think I'm going to agree with you here. I think the Niners lose this game as well. Um, we laid out reasons, why, ways they could win. Um, it just seems like two teams are going in two, two completely different directions right now. One team is completely banged up. They're, they're, they're just littered with injuries all over the place. Um, and the other one is kind of getting their stride. Alex Smith is getting in, getting in a groove, you know, whatever. He's averaging, what, four yards per attempt. But it's still Alex Smith. It's, he does. He's not going to be the reason why you lose a game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's part of it. Nick Mullins is always good for one or two turnovers. We saw that versus the Bills. And that scares the shit out of me. And then, of course, our right side of the offensive line versus Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat, and put Chase Young on. On McGlinchey, I would, if I'm Nick Mons, I'm shitting my pants and I'm calling an audible and I'm making most of it run to the left side. Like, run that <laughs> way. Like, get, go that way. Um, you know, and it's unfortunate with, with, with McGlinchey, but I, I think 23 17, um, the Washington football team pulls this one out. Niners fall to five and eight. And then we're really looking at what's going to happen in the draft, this offseason, free agency, what what's really to look forward to um, for the next season. We, have, you know, as 49ers fans, we have to understand that this team, season kind of got derailed before it even got started. Yep. And that's just, just the story of it. And there really, there's really no one to blame for any of it. It's just injuries are what they are for this team. But yeah, I got the Niners losing this game 23-17 and watch the football team go, moves to five to seven. It makes, it makes the NFC East a little interesting. Finally, you know, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, one, maybe those, one of those guys finish six and 10 and make the playoffs, you know? Well, this um, will put Washington at six and seven, actually. So Washington comes in with the same records. They cut, they get out, they win six and seven. Maybe an 8-8 eight eight team sneaks its way in the playoffs out of the NFC East, and it's not as bad doom and gloom as everybody thought it was going to be a 5-11 team making the playoffs. Who knows? Who knows? No, it makes sense. Um, and then, you know, the Niners have just been atrocious at home. They're 1-5. You really can't call Arizona home, but 1-5 yeah. at home has been bad, and it all started week one. Um, but, yeah, I think Niners, unfortunately, lose this game, fall to 5-8, and eight, and we are talking about a – a lot of different we're talking about some changes yep in this offseason for sure um but that'll do it this is the fourth and gold podcast check us out on twitter at fourth and gold podcast check me out on twitter at javier vague underscore check my guy matt at matt bar underscore we're releasing this on friday morning so you guys are probably over thursday night friday morning you might be might have heard it uh but we're also going to be going live tomorrow at 6.30 Eastern time so I know it's a little bit early but you know take off work early on a Friday afternoon catch us we're going live with Fred Smoot former Washington football team cornerback, uh, former, I believe, he's Detroit Lion quarterback, cornerback. I don't know. Anyway, spent a majority of his career in in Washington, and we're really excited to talk with him because uh, he he also does a lot of work for the team right now. So that's going to be a lot of fun to sit down and just do a little live version and just kind of shoot the shit like we always do. Absolutely, yeah. We'll get you guys some some live content there. Um, we'll have that up on Streamyard and Periscopes, and we'll re- we'll tweet that all out and have it ready to go. Um, and then, as always, follow everything at Pro Football Network, profootballnetwork.com. Check out that mock draft simulator if you're ready in draft season like I am. Um, they are doing – you get all those cool features for free, trades, uh, auto trades, simulated trades, and you can move it up and down the draft board, do whatever you like on that. And, of course, all your latest news, draft news, and everything else is available there. Um, but until tomorrow or Friday, you yeah. know, we'll see you then. But you'll yeah. hurt you'll hurt, you'll hurt us the, tonight. Um, everyone, stay safe. Go Niners. Peace. Under NASA's Artemis program, Dynetics and Lidos will develop and build a new human landing system, advancing economic opportunities and paving the way for a sustained lunar economy. Learn more at DyneticsHLS.com. 
Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus. The Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.